0: Welcome to the Ask Ultra podcast. My name is Julian Hall, and I am on a mission to help parents and teachers support the next generation of entrepreneurs. Now, before we get into today's episode, here is a fun fact. What is the difference between EQ, IQ and LQ? Stay with me to the very end of the podcast to get the answer. One of the most watched, if not the most watched TED Talk with 19 million views was given by Sir Ken Robinson 13 years ago. Do schools kill creativity? I'm pretty sure you've at least heard of this video and the impact it's had on the dialogue that business has with or about education and vice versa. You see, in this video, Sir Ken Robinson says that creativity is just as important as English or maths, to which he rightfully receives a standing ovation. But here's the problem. That was 13 years ago. And I think you'll agree that most people still believe that schools kill creativity. Now it's worth saying that I don't think that this problem is for Sir Ken Robinson to fix. In my view, he's done his job. Many of my very good friends are teachers, as is my wife. And the thing that most, not all, but most entrepreneurs don't realise is that educators agree with Sir Ken and with the value of entrepreneurship for children. Even the Department for Education has invited entrepreneurs into their hallowed domain to discuss the value of entrepreneurial thinking, to develop character and more. So then I hear you ask, what's the problem? Well, a few days ago I mentored a young budding music entrepreneur, we'll call her Sabrina, via our app called Ask Ultra, yes, shameless plug, who said that she wants to become a professional singer and make a full-time living from it. She's 14 years old currently. The problem is that she has no one in her social circles who can help her achieve that. Her music teacher in school is just that, a teacher, and not a business person, and so, until she was recommended to the app, was trying to figure it all out herself. Now, I can tell you similar stories of our students wanting to exercise their creative disciplines from fashion, art, writing, dance, and acting. The penny has dropped for a growing number of children and young people that they can wrap a business model around their creativity and make money from it. However, in traditional educational environments, creativity is taught to a syllabus, which doesn't require them to consider the commercial aspect of that creative art. In short, they're taught the skill, but not how to make money from that skill. And by the time we present the idea of a job to young people, which is usually 16 plus, let's be honest, the creative arts aren't really given the credit they deserve. And the options are usually to get a job and work for someone else rather than creating your own employment and setting up a business. Now, I'm sure Sabrina won't mind me sharing her initial challenge, especially because it helps me to address the title of this podcast, Turning Your Child's Creativity Into Entrepreneurship. One of the reasons I always say it's important to do what you love isn't just because kids get a warm feeling inside. It's because if they don't love it, they probably won't spend the very long time it will take them to become good at it. Charlie D'Amelio, and if you don't know who that is, ask your kids, is the most popular person on TikTok because people love the way she dances. Now... Everyone dances on TikTok. What makes her so different? Well, because now in her teens, she's been dancing since she was a little girl, probably for at least 10 years. And she just happened to find the platform which rewards her for that specific skill. Consistency leads to mastery and usually doesn't happen overnight and is something we need to help our kids understand so that they can start to have an appreciation for the long term and not the overnight success which they've been bombarded with online. Back to Sabrina. The point here is that I had to separate in her mind the skill she's developing, her craft if you will, from the mechanics of business, which is what will, assuming she reaches a sufficient skill level, enable her to make money repeatedly. She's already good at singing, but isn't good at business, and so she needs to accelerate that side of her skill set so that she's not reliant on a third party to help her monetize her craft. And if she does, she'll know exactly when and in what measure to onboard that help. As odd as it might sound, I discussed with her the problem she needs to solve. You see, anything creative, people are drawn to it for a reason. A reason that solves a problem for them. That reason could be beauty, the way something looks or sounds, inspiration to make them feel happy, to make them feel sad, to remember or celebrate history, culture, help them work or study, or just add something new to their room or home. We listen to music, buy art, watch movies, go out to be entertained, Because we're solving problems of loneliness, lack of motivation, boredom, upset, need a way to celebrate, buy gifts, nostalgia and so on. So Sabrina had to think about the music she's making and how she wants to make her audience feel and how that would be used commercially. Does she have songs she can sing at a wedding, a business conference, a kids party or go viral on YouTube? Or is her audience Gen X? Millennials, what demographic of listeners is she targeting? Now don't get me wrong, if Sabrina wakes up one morning with a song in her head and records it, then that's the creative process she needs space for. But unless she knows how to direct that song commercially, then the likelihood of it getting a million plays on YouTube is low, unless she's lucky. And yes, some artists do get lucky, but luck isn't a blueprint to start with. And as we teach our young entrepreneurs, luck is opportunity meets preparedness. So if you can't control the opportunity, you can at least control the preparation. I told Sabrina that she needs to think about how her music, and again, this applies to any creative discipline, is packaged because the shopfront today are the online platforms, be they SoundCloud or Etsy, and the first thing many people will see is a title, short description, and thumbnail. So start experimenting with those elements of the package to see what represents your art, but clearly conveys the message you want to send. We discussed where her music will be categorised, and given playlists today are the thing, what type of playlists did she want to appear on? But let me pause for a minute and explain more clearly what I'm doing in this process so that you as a parent or teacher can do the same. I'm simply unpacking what's already out there, looking at what Sabrina views as a successful outcome, whether it's a popping SoundCloud page or the profile of a professional singer who's fully booked, and borrowing from those examples. Simply highlight the very obvious elements of what makes them successful and as a start, copy it. Not copy the art, but copy the mechanics. What five or ten things have they done that in this case Sabrina can copy in her own way to start building the packaging around her art? But then we add a layer of innovation or awareness to the mix. For example, the Microsoft flagship store in London has a DJ playing tunes in front of a massive screen inside the store as soon as you walk in why not ask the DJ to play your song? Or ask the store manager if you can sing live. And if they're not sure whether or not you will drive people out of the store, maybe prove your worth before the doors open. I went to a conference a few years ago at the British Library, organised by the Association of Business Mentors, founded by Kerry Dorman. In the drinks reception, I always remember they had a background singer who kept us all entertained in a very highbrow, sophisticated way. Both of these examples are one Sabrina hadn't thought about, but are totally accessible to her. Now when I talk about packaging it's really another way of saying sales and marketing. The traditional creatives dilemma is usually because they are emotionally attached to the work that they feel, not necessarily believe, that everyone should see what they're seeing and value it in the same way. But unfortunately we all see things very differently. You might have written the most amazing story but if the book cover isn't appealing and the marketing blurb doesn't grab me then I'm less likely to buy. But again This thought process requires the student to view the product in the eyes of someone who doesn't see it the way they do and to an extreme doesn't care. But if the creative can package and present in an authentic way why someone should care with a hook that gets them interested in the first place, then someone like Sabrina can make that dream, that goal come true and you can help your child or student do the same. Now, as promised, the answer to the fun fact, which was what is the difference between EQ, IQ and LQ? Speaking at the OECD conference, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, the founder of Alibaba, Jack Ma, said students would need three Qs to succeed in the future of work. EQ, IQ and LQ. LQ being the quotient of love. His formula isn't to focus on curriculum, but on students' capacity to love. He says, if you want to be successful, you should have a very high EQ, emotional intelligence a way to get on with people. If you don't want to lose quickly, you should have a good IQ. Intelligence quotient, he added. But if you want to be respected, you should have LQ, the quotient of love, he concluded. The brain will be replaced by machines, but machines can never replace your heart. Thank you for staying with me till the end of today's episode. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a parent or teacher who wants to support the next generation of entrepreneurs. And I'll see you next time. Ultra and out. This episode was brought to you by Ask Ultra, the entrepreneurship tuition app for kids. Available on both app stores, try it for free.